HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo, growing the best and most interesting heirloom beans available. Learn more at ranchogordo.com. Welcome to Jupiter's Almanac. I'm Matthew Rayford, the great-great-grandson of Jupiter Gilliard, a former slave who bought the land I now farm in Georgia nearly 150 years ago. Through the years, my ancestors have passed on some essential and hard-earned wisdom about growing and producing the food we eat. It's my great honor to share that inheritance with you and to invite other farmers from Georgia and around the country to share their tips with you. So if you're just starting out, reconnecting with the land, or a seasoned farmer, join the conversation. This week we're talking about chickens. Since COVID-19 has a lot of people stuck at home, there are lots of people that become interested in building coops, buying chickens, and having fresh eggs on hand. I've been working at Tractor Supply for the past couple of months, so I've seen this firsthand. Usually we'd stop selling chickens by mm, roughly late March, early April. But as of right now, we'll be selling them all the way through September into October. My partner, Javon, and I have about 150 chickens in our backyard um, and at the farm, and we love them. They take a lot of time and attention. If you have the space and their resources, they're wonderful to have. But I also want to make sure you have the knowledge you need if you're going to embark on a chicken adventure. So first, we're going to hear from Javon about how a chicken saved her life and why we can call her the resident chicken whisperer. And then we're going to get into everything you need to know before you build your own chicken coop. So Javon, you are officially our chicken whisperer here at Gilliard Farms, but what got you into chickens? <laughs> so what got me into chickens? Um, I always joke and say that a chicken saved my life, um, and it very much so did. For me, um, my background before I was the chicken whisperer, um, I was an organizer, you know, who would be parachuted down into different communities, um, fighting against anti-LGBT ballot measures. Um, and so... It's hard work. It's heart work. And um, I would often come back to my small apartment in Brooklyn, New York, exhausted um, and ready to just rest and eat and find ways to fill myself. Well, one particularly hard um, campaign 
come back to Brooklyn. It's winter time. Um, I'm teaching myself to knit. I'm baking bread. I'm making my own sourdough starter. And I end up in front of the TV um, watching a PBS documentary. And it was these people and their chickens and their relationship to chickens. So there was a woman who was swimming with chickens, another woman who was sewing clothes for her chickens. And I was just like, what is this about? Aren't chickens tiny dinosaurs? Um, and it just got me to like thinking, okay, what is this about? What are chickens about? And why do these people love them so much? Ended up taking uh, an urban chicken keeping class at the Brooklyn Kitchen and um, meeting B, um, who was our instructor for the day, and she taught us around what it takes to do backyard chickens in the city. Um, she even brought a hen and she had had it in this little cage. And, you know, we all had an opportunity after the class to actually go up and pet and hold it if we wanted to. Well, for me, I was still thinking, okay, this is actually a tiny dinosaur. Um, I'm terrified. They have claws, you know, talons. And so um, I was actually the very last person to hold the chicken. Um, I literally sat down, she handed me the chicken, I tucked her under my arm. And there was just something in me that just kind of settled. There was like this piece that just kind of came over my whole body. And I was just like, what is this about? Um, she was sweet. She let me pet her and hold her. And I was just like, I gotta know more. So I basically begged B to like create a chicken keeping apprentice program. Um, and so I became an urban chicken keeping apprentice in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, um, working with about 50 hens and an egg CSA. And so I got to spend my day in the middle of this community garden under the willow tree, getting to know about chickens, how to clean them, how to feed them, how to water them, all of their individual personalities, which chickens are packed with personalities. Um, and it and it gave me a way to kind of, um, you know, get out of the rat race of my career, take a moment to just breathe and take care of another living creature. And it literally saved my life. Um, so for me, like, that's how I became the chicken whisperer. So basically what you're saying is you became a raptor yoga instructor. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Dinosaurs and things like that because they are like mini raptors, it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. I kind of get that. I kind of mm -hmm. get that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here at the farm, I, you know, I, a lot of times we get people that want us to like, you know, do have you named your chickens and having this many chickens and naming them, I think would, you know, drive me a little bit crazy. But I know that every now and then you'll have one or two that you'll give a name to. Um, where does that come from? Right. So right now, um, the, the chicken that does have a name, and uh, it's really interesting. His name is Casanova. Um, he is not the first of his name, which is the funny part. Um, so our original Casanova... <laughs> is one of the roosters who was, um, I guess he was one of the more smaller roosters. He had decided that him and like four other hens were going to like make an escape for it and like really find a space like on the rest of the farm away from the rest of the roosters and hens where it was safe for them to just be. Um, he was very sweet, took very good care of his hens, made sure they survived. Um, and we just started naming him Casanova. Um, he was, he would 
come up to me when I would come out outside, follow me around, never tried to spur me or anyone else. So we were just like, okay, this, this is the sweetheart of the crew. And so um, just recently, as in like two weeks ago, we found that um, Casanova had met his end with a snake, perhaps. Um, and so um we then found that there was another Casanova. And so he actually took over taking care of the the hens that Casanova had been um, leading up. And so he got the the name Casanova from the other Casanova. So um, part of it is like, you know, one of the reasons we don't name them is because we don't want to personalize them. And I have to say for like, you know, a good hour, I was really sad that Casanova had died. Um, But once I found new Casanova, I was like, okay, well, this is just going to be the name for this um, wandering flock of chickens and whoever the next rooster that comes in to lead the hens is going to be Casanova as well. We'll be right back after a break. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo. Over the past 19 years, Rancho Gordo has led the revival of heirloom beans, taking the lowly bean from a healthy but neglected member of the vegetable family to a near superstar status ingredient. From growing the best and most interesting beans available to making sure all crops are fresh and a pleasure to cook with, Rancho Gordo's mission is to encourage cooks to experience and enjoy the unique flavors of heirloom beans. Rancho Gordo produces nearly 30 varieties of heirloom beans and lentils as well as corn, grains, chilies, and other cooking ingredients. You can learn more at ranchogordo.com. That's R-A-N-C-H-O-G-O-R-D-O.com. I've been working at Tractor Supply for a couple of months now, and I would like to share some of the craziest things I've ever heard just about chickens. So... Chickens have been being purchased. People think that they're so cute because they're little bitties. And then they realize it's four to six months before they get an egg. It is amazing what happens when people realize they're going to be feeding that little chicken for four to six months. Two to three ounces of feed every day. Also, what's even crazier is when they don't know the difference between a broiler chicken, a... You ready for this? Straight run or what it means to buy all pullets. So I'm going to go ahead and demystify some of this really, really quick. So if you buy a broiler chicken, that's basically a meat bird. That's the bird that you go to the grocery store, whether it be a Winn-Dixie, a Kroger's, a Save-A-Lot, a Publix, whatever. That's the one that you see in the poultry case, in the chicken area, right? Okay, now when we say straight run, straight run means you don't know what you're going to get. You get a rooster or you could get a hen. Now, here's the craziness. When you do straight run, you may end up with six roosters and just two hens, which means you basically have six meat birds and two hens to give you eggs. Also, if you buy all pullets, that means that you're buying all hens. Now, here's the deal. Also realizing that a chicken gives you at least one egg a day. At least one. So if you have 12 pullets, that means you get a dozen eggs a day. You'd be surprised how many people I now know that are running on having seven dozen eggs 
a week and trying to figure out what to do with them. I have done and tried to explain to a lot of people that there's a lot of different ways to keep and or store those eggs. So here's a couple of things. When you first harvest your eggs, you do not have to wash them, and especially if they're not like super dirty. So fresh eggs can actually sit out in a room temperature area for up to 30 days with no problems. And you can pull them, crack them, eat them, whatever way you want to eat them, whether it be in an egg pie or in a banana bread or whatever you might want to make with it. Now, once you wash the egg, you are actually washing a coating that's on the outside of the egg that the human eye cannot necessarily uh, see. But once that is washed away, that egg then, and has been rinsed off, that egg then needs to immediately go inside of the refrigerator. Because that is the only way that those little small microscopic holes in there do not start to allow for spoilage. So, if you are harvesting fresh eggs, they can sit out for 30 days, up to 30 days. Step two, if you wash them, they have to go inside of the refrigerator. And that's definitely for health purposes and you want to be able to take care of yourself. Now, I love some eggs. And one of the really quick ways to also keep those eggs, how many of you like deviled eggs or even boiled eggs? Well, if you have an Instapot, because that's been another craze that has happened because of the pandemic, you can actually get an amazing boiled egg in three minutes on the manual setting of the Instapot. So, if you love boiled eggs and or if you like deviled eggs or like to make deviled eggs, here's a great way to do it. Get your Instapot. Go ahead and get the little egg holder that goes on the inside. Put your little eight eggs on the inside. Put a quarter cup of water in the bottom and do a manual setting at three minutes high temperature. And as soon as that thing pops off and it's done, you have the most amazing boiled egg ever. Now, here are some questions that I've had about just backyard chicken keeping and also um, kind of like predator issues. So one of the predators that uh, many people don't think about are humans. Humans can definitely be a predator. So when you're having and or thinking about uh, chickens, make sure that you safeguard your area as best you can. Um, and then you have to worry about the four-legged kind, which is like raccoons, possum, fox, even your own dogs. So I have two labs here, which are what? Bird dogs. Um, so I keep them far away from our chicken area because, you know, it's in their nature to, you know, go after birds. So um, I think that that's one of the main things. There are plenty of places that you can buy things like traps and very easily remove any of your predators. Um, but there are people that actually eat raccoon and possum too. So, you know, you might want to go that route if you want to go that route. Um, and so those are probably my main predators I have to think about. So, you know, this time of year, what I, I will definitely carry on with is one, I'm glad summer is starting to end because it was super hot, 
keeping the keeping all of the chickens, you know, nice and cool and lots of water with them and all that kind of good stuff um, is about to dwindle down. And now we're also getting ready to go into the fall and the winter where it's less light. So chickens need 12 to 14 hours of light to keep laying eggs. So we're getting ready to drop down into where it's about 10 hours of light a day or so. And so sometimes some people think about, you know, because they, they're still wanting to keep those eggs produced, produced, produced. Um, some people use artificial light. Um, but for us, um, we just use whatever light that comes from nature and allow it to happen. So we're not in the situation where we just have to have a egg a day. Um, and, you know, we also know that those hens need a break. So we use the winter time as kind of like that time period where if we get less eggs, it's no big deal. Um, and if we get the same amount of eggs, that just happens to be great. Um, but that's kind of the seasonality for eggs. Also, you know, in other parts of the country, it's super cold. So you have to be concerned with keeping those chickens nice and warm. Um, feed may be a, a different kind of issue um, where you are, um, whether they can free range still in all the snow and get all what they need. Um, as compared to here, where things are still fairly uh, lush enough for them to forage um, continuously all year long. So I think that those are some of the things that you have to think about. Um, and, you know, some other advice that I can give you is chickens are also very smart creatures. Um, and they will learn how to nest. They will learn how to forage. They will learn how to do all of those things without any extra things from us as humans. So let the chickens do what they like to do. Let them scratch. Let them peck. Let them crow. Let them enjoy themselves. You know, backyard chicken keeping also might not be for you, right? But if it is maybe for one of your neighbors and you like to actually grow things, maybe you all can barter. Maybe your neighbor has a bumper crop of something um, and or you have a bumper crop or something and you all can just barter between each other, um, which is also a great way to connect with your neighbors um, and get to know other people. And if you're really not into like even farming, maybe what you can do is get those eggs from your neighbor and make an amazing zucchini bread. I think that just keep your options open. Anything that eggs can go into are just exciting. I would definitely suggest that folks start off with small garden and farming projects. Um, I have literally witnessed people building ginormous, and when I say ginormous, if that's such a word, ginormous chicken houses for like two chickens um, because they presume it needs that much space. Like each chicken needs so much space. Um, so I would actually suggest, A, reading up on some of this information about backyard chicken keeping. I would also suggest that you start off with some a, a much smaller project like maybe container gardening or maybe square foot gardening using a raised bed so that you can you get used to doing those things on a repetitive basis every day 
Because it's not like you just put the chicken out there and leave it. It still has to be watered, it still has to eat, it still has to forage, and all of those things. So our recipe for uh, this episode of A Chicken Saved My Life is chicken pot pie. Now, I know some of you might be like, wait a second, the chicken saved your life, and now you're going to make it into a pot pie. Yes, because once a chicken gets past that time of laying eggs, you know what we need? We need to eat it. We don't, we don't waste anything here at the farm. And how we take care of it is we actually make a nice little... Uh, sweet cream biscuit dough which we roll out um, about maybe a quarter of an inch thick we take uh, part of that chicken and we cook it down we'll use a lot of fresh vegetables and herbs that we have quite often here on the farm and we'll make kind of a little uh, kind of a thickened uh, sauce with it we'll pour it into the cast iron then lay that uh, dough on the top of it and put it right inside the oven we'll crimp it if we want to make it super super pretty but um besides that we'll go ahead and slide that thing in the oven and in about 15 minutes you have the most amazing chicken pot pie well that's our show thanks for listening please subscribe to jupiter's almanac wherever you get your podcast special thanks to javon sage our executive producer is Kat Johnson. Jupiter's Almanac is also produced by Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by the Joy Drops. Jupiter's Almanac is powered by Simplecast. Jupiter's Almanac is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio. And we want to hear from you. Send us any questions in writing or as a voice memo that we can help answer on the air at Jupiter's Almanac at heritageradionetwork.org. 